as you all know, we have had a lot of characters with a lot to say on Cancel Me Baby. I mean, you know as well as I, we have had everybody from the woke side to outspoken conservatives to even in the middle, like the diplomatic ones, you know? And I have to say, I don't know if we have ever had anybody like the fella we have today. A tried and true progressive leftist, I want to say, we're going to kind of get into this, who's not here for the latte liberals <laughs> killing his vibe. Okay, everybody welcome Nico House in the house. Nico is a guy, he is like a person for the people. You know what I mean? He is- Actually, my name a- literally actually means for the people. It literally, it means that. I was named after the Greek goddess uh, Nike. It means victory for the people. So yeah, definitely. You actually look like a Greek god because he has like a whole aesthetic. If you are missing out on this visual experience, he has like his chest out (laughs) with the the tattoos. Okay, the button down, like it is a whole moment, like his hair, it is a whole situation. Okay, like the beard and there's a little salt and pepper in the beard. Like I'm just here for this whole aesthetic. And so (laughs) Nico is really like, he can speak to anything. And he does not like yours truly care. Like he goes for it. So we're going to get into a lot of topics today. He can speak to it all entertainment, politics, sports. He's really like a citizen journalist of the people. And he's the founder of MCSC Network on Rockfin. So without further ado, the man with the plan, the man with the chest out, everybody look out really. It is Nico House. Hi, Nico. Hey, that was a, a, a wonderful introduction. Now, like you just put a lot of pressure on me to live up to a lie. So <laughs> just let your just. Like, I do have to say lie. though. I do have to say, my chest is out because I live in Miami, people. So it's okay here. I'm not sure where you guys are from, but it's okay here because it's hot as hell. But How it's would, cold where you're at right now. So yeah. I'm sorry for that. No, it's a good thing that you guys can't see my nipples on here because they would be cutting your eyeballs out. It is a fr- it is freezing here in Tennessee. But Nico, even if you can't live up to the intro, like I said, your outfit will do the talking, my friend. Like the whole, if someone's <laughs> not watching and they're listening, how would you even describe, because this was not a look that threw itself together from the hair to the shirt. Oh, no, literally this is actually, well, well, I guess, well, so I've always had longer hair since I've been an adult, except when I was in the military. Um, I only cut my hair actually to work on a campaign. It was at the time too inconvenient. Uh, But since then I like grew my hair out again um, because I felt like I like literally lost a piece of my life when I cut it out. I felt like I lost my superpowers in all seriousness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like learned how to do my hair. Actually, I learned how to do it my own hair so I didn't have to go to anybody else because I just felt like it was such an important part of my identity. And as far as the way I dressed, I actually, you know, Everybody that I've ever met, even people like who work in the fashion industry, always talk about like how unique my dressing style is. Um, it's it's but this is just I just dress how I've like kind of like I feel most of the time, I guess. I don't like I definitely don't like fitting in because I feel like it's it's actually really easy to fit in and it doesn't really gain you anything except for acceptance. But like I don't really care about the acceptance part. I just because if mm-hmm. I can't be accepted as myself, then um like what's the point of engaging with that person? I don't like putting on masks. So I just dress, I dress to attract what's like me. And if somebody is weird about the ambiguity, like weird out by the ambiguity of my, you know, my appearance, then I don't probably don't want to be around them anyway, because they're probably super judgmental. Like, sorry, Sally, it's your problem. And even your, even your hair, like I know that hair for the black community is such a special and unique thing. And even, cause you mm-hmm. know, now, like I talk about this on my show, how white people are so awkward to the end degree now talking <laughs> with and about black people. Right. And even, I remember yeah. when I was in LA, I had a close friend who was black. Like you have the most gorgeous hair and I would feel so awkward. I'd be like, I love your hair. Am I allowed to say that? I'm really white right now. Sorry. I right. Mean, like it's my thing is when people tell me they love my hair, I assume there's an element of, because I can't have that, right? I mean, human nature is such that like, we like things that we can't have. Um, and it's, but they're, but they're, they're complimenting the fact that whatever you have going on is so unique. I can't have it, and I, which makes me like it, but really the fact that I can't have it is what makes me love it because it looks great. And, and, and they are, they're appreciating the unique quality you have. 
it's just as some it can be awkward because uh, the black community has also faced a lot of backlash because of our hair, right? Mm -hmm. The black community has been told our hair is ugly forever as we watch people then try to copy the exact same hairstyles that we were told weren't professional mm -hmm. or weren't, weren't aesthetically pleasing. Um, but now we have entered kind of in the era of, uh, I feel because partially because of, because of social media, uh, partially because everybody's kind of growing their hair out right now too. So there's not like really a, a stigma against that aspect. But like people were just kind of accepting the fact that, man, if I thought I didn't like this, was I saying that because my I knew my friends wouldn't like that I like this or my, you know, this is my parents told me that that's not a good hairstyle. That's not professional. I heard somebody say this before. And now that we're in a post pandemic world, oh, if you want to call it that post pandemic world where everybody kind of had to sit and self reflect by themselves for once uh, and get to decide what they actually like and what they actually don't like. I feel like people are just way more accepting of of unique characteristics of individuals uh I, I remember there were people who used to be remember there was a, a a world that was like where people hid their freckles they wanted to hide their freckles behind makeup and now everybody like they wish they had freckles and i'm not just saying that yeah. because i have them and they look nice and i love them i'm saying that because everybody does <laughs> you know it's interesting because you know it's funny i had a, a meeting and in the entertainment industry this morning with people in this space, in the visual arena. And you're exactly right. I talk about this a lot. I think that we're in an era where people, and even as a woman, right? Like we're tired of being boxed and neat. You talk about conformity and looking a certain way. However, it's really weird because we're also in a time where people love to be like, I'm so authentic, but it's so manufactured and yes. like so much. because they like, see that it's like, actually popular I have to be a all... double chin and this needs representation it's like oh my <laughs> god like it's, yeah, it's like, you know you're not authentic you just eat as much as the average american does that's not authenticity right it, but it's because <laughs> get in line buddy has become monetized monetiz uh what's the word it's you can monetize your authenticity now if you are truly viewed as being authentic then you can make money off of it because now that's something that is kind of like just trendy in pop culture now, the reality is usually somebody who claims to be authentic actually stole stole their authenticity from somebody else who just didn't have the platform, right? And they never give them credit for it. And so you do see a lot of people who claim to be authentic kind of like rise to the top. I always, call, I always talk about Rihanna and Beyonce, right? So like Rihanna's ascension was is was damn near superhuman. And I, you know, I, I don't even listen to Rihanna stuff like that. But like, as far as just the business aspect and, and her music career, the ascension was like exponential for anybody who had been in the industry as long as she had been at that point. And the reason why is because Rihanna stopped giving a fuck. She literally just stopped giving a fuck at one point when she released that BDSM song. Like I like banned in like half the world. True. Literally, she just yeah. stopped. Whatever happened with her and Chris Brown and her and Drake and whatever just made her stop. I think because she had been under, you know, under the control of guys at record labels really since she was 15 years old, never got to become her own woman. It, it she it's, had like a point where she stopped caring and then she blew so up true. and then Beyonce copied her. Oh, oh, he's on the record. Wait, two things. First of all, mm -hmm. I beg to differ. You don't get down to Rihanna like that because if I were a fly on the wall, when umbrella came on Nico in your no, house, no, no, I still sing the hell out of songs. Don't get me wrong. Like those, I, I, you know, I just don't, I don't fancy myself as an abolitionist yeah. Rihanna. Now Rihanna comes on. It's still Rihanna. True. <laughs> but your point about her not giving an F with the SNF, like it's so true. And my point being is that we're all about in a time of like doing that, right? Being authentic, but people do all this smoke and mirrors and all this bullshit and try to pass it off as like, look again, it's like the double chin thing or whatever it is. Like, this is me and authentic. And it's like, okay, I don't care that you're a Siamese twin, knock it off. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, they're doing so much. Yeah, and they actually, and those type of people actually despise off, like real authenticity. Exactly. Um, But wait, rewind. Beyonce copied. Absolutely. Rihanna. Absolutely. Well, you know that Beyonce is kind of a a a machine that was that's created and, and curated by Jay Z. Like that's why like her first single even included Jay Z, if I'm not mistaken, when she like broke up with uh, Destiny's Child. And then Rihanna is also a product of Jay Z, right? So Jay Z, what was happening with Rihanna blowing up when she kind of became a little bit more risque in her lyricism? Um, then you get Drunk in Love. Nico, you're going to have feminists and the beehive come at literally me. come at me. I'll break your heart. Oh, y'all think that's bad. How about the fact that I literally said the day lemonade dropped, 
I said, I don't know why everybody's acting like there's so much tea on this album that's like offensive to Jay-Z. Y'all do know if this album dropped, it's because Jay-Z approved of it and he probably put it together and he's probably going to make a response album and they're probably going to do an album together because Jay-Z is a fucking sociopath. He don't care. He's worried about making money. And guess what happened? He dropped 444, which was basically a response to Lemonade, and then they dropped the Carters. So wait, because <laughs> Jay Z's predictable. There truth, is there truth in this, or and or could a feminist be like, excuse me, why is a man behind Beyonce's success? It's Beyonce. Beyonce no, 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 is the no. gold standard. Be Beyonce, right? So like that's why. That's the problem, right? Say like, oh, a man behind Beyonce's success. I did not say that because it's still Beyonce. Like. There are other people who can dance very, very well. There are other people who are just as beautiful. There are other people who have beautiful voices. They didn't find the success Beyonce's found, right? So what I'm saying is there is a business aspect to the industry. And she got cultivated within the industry where everybody was kind of crafting everything for her because she her parents were in the music industry before like Beyonce was. So she had everything handed to her, songs being written for her, the looks, even the choreography at first. But then transitioning out of a group mindset and knowing what's going to pop by yourself. Well, Jay-Z, but that's his whole career is go being a street, a hard street rapper and making that marketable Me to the too. average listener. So of course he could do that with somebody as, as marketable as Beyonce. We watch him market market the damn the only Barbadian singer anyone has ever even heard about ever, which is Rihanna. Everybody thought she was Jamaican because of how rare it is to see a Barbadian in this space, at least one that they knew about, because there's been a lot of them, but they didn't know about them. So like, yeah, like that's, you know, it's, it's, it's more like, this is how much of a genius Jay-Z is, but also for me, it's, that's how much, that's how much Rihanna has influenced like Beyonce and the, really the entire industry of women in that regard, because Rihanna made a decision based off of her own experiences that probably no one believed in to the and, and jay-z knows a successful formula when he sees one and he's like hey b b do the same thing do, do that do that thing that she's do talking that, about do, do that take two you know I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty because i as a woman in entertainment who's entrepreneurial have worked my ass off okay i like to think of myself as a beyonce of sorts but i have to say i have had men who have helped craft my vision and what I do and, and open doors for me and think of things I wouldn't necessarily think of and help make that magic happen. And 100%. we are in such a pussy power, yay, rah, rah time, which is good and dandy. But I think that's important to acknowledge what you're acknowledging because I myself have experienced that we my have, successes and triumphs, you know, in this business, I get that. We're all extremely limited all of us, every single one of us, we're limited by our experiences, right? And as a woman, you have a, a certain a certain type of expertise, if you will, based off of the things that you've experienced through the lens of you being a woman. Now, on the other side of that fence, when you're a man, you're allotted certain privileges that, and, 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 you're, and you're given certain perspectives that you would not be given if you're a woman because likely it's a man with a lot of power who respects you for you just being a man and it teaches you a lot and if anything with that privilege if you do have that type of privilege then it is your responsibility then to help women who have been denied that perspective that opportunity that network uh because it's the right thing to do and it's only the only reason they were denied was strictly and solely because they're a woman if you're not having those interactions with people then you're doing it wrong like me for example i'm a black guy like it was my white Christian conservative debate coach that forced me into debate, even though I didn't want to do it. And he was the one who taught me how to, I won't say he taught me how to speak professionally, quote unquote, but uh, he knew that I would figure it out. And he also told me like, he went out of his way to actually tell me like, but I don't want you to not be yourself. He's like, he didn't, we didn't call it code switching at the time. He's like, debate Nico's debate Nico, but don't not be yourself at the same time. And I had no idea what he was talking about because I never intended on doing that. But as I got older, I knew exactly what he meant. Because, you, you know, I don't want to bring up, the, you know, the Ben Carsons of the world, uh, the Don Lemons of the world, those guys. He didn't want me to be that. Because then I lost, like, that would be the most valuable part of myself that I lost. He knew this, though, because he's a conservative. That's how he knew. And he didn't want me to be that. He wanted me to be me. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had another white, so I want, I've, I've always been uh, a pretty good debater my entire life. And he, my friend was telling me, he's an older white guy. He was explaining to me, 
Nico, I know that these people are like some some people use racist tactics against me because like 30 seconds into any debate, people realize really quickly they did not do enough research and they were not prepared for the moment at all. Whatever, it's cool. So they start doing racist tactics and I would definitely get irritated by it and it would be visible. Now, if I was a white dude, it would probably be viewed as being very passionate. But I'm black and it's reality and it's used, it's viewed as, used as me being uh, the uh, angry black guy. He yeah. would explain this to me and I got irritated at first. He's like, I'm not telling you that because you're wrong for reacting that way. I, but I know that you care about getting the, the correct result. And so I'm trying to give you the tools so that you can know how to handle it next time. He was like, hey, next time they start doing that, just get calmer and bring it back and like ask them if, they take, if they're taking the situation as seriously as you are. Then if that's the case, why are they acting like a child? And just get more and more calm. And you're going to see them actually be pissed off and start. And, it's, and it, it works. And I would have never even thought about that perspective because I'm not a white guy. I don't know anything. That's a thing, Nico. And it's like, even what you described about womanhood too, and like being in the workforce and all this and your experiences with these white conservative, like mentors, if you want to say, it's almost like I say this on my show a lot, but you know, women will complain and act like they're under the thumb of men a lot. And it really bugs me. And mm -hmm. it's like, utilize it, bitch. Like if you can't beat them, join them and then be better. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's really basically what you have to do if you're mm -hmm. literally anybody but a white guy for the most part. And even then, like so, if you're poor, you got to at least learn how to act like you have money. Um, yeah. I would say the majority of society at this point, to a large degree, has to do that. But the, you do have to like deal with the reality that like that's why it's so important that that guy, or the, the your male mentors, actually went out of the way to still help you because the reality is they know that a lot of our goal is to okay, cool. So I'm gonna figure out. I gotta learn everything you learn anyway. And I'm gonna have to work twice as hard to get it, which means I'm gonna have way more experiences. And when you, I know that I can conquer adversity that you probably never faced. So when I get to where you're, I'm gonna be better than you. They're aware of that. They're not stupid. That's why they, like I always say, a lot of people, they they, they, the they don't want equal competition. Y'all been convinced that because of this weird thing about capitalism that's taught in books. It's not, they don't want free market competition. Like it's the crush competition. That is the mindset. That's why we see monopolies. That's why we see these companies get taken over. That's why we saw small businesses in the middle class destroyed more so. Like we saw the middle, upper middle class destroyed and suffer actually more than the poor people during the pandemic. If you were poor, you might've even come up, but the <laughs> middle, upper middle class, the small businesses were obliterated because they're competition. That's, that's the mindset. Exactly. So you, when you have somebody who's willing to step out of that privilege that they have, yeah. of, uh, that they were able to take advantage of and they want to help you, get to that position knowing that they can be ostracized from helping you. That is a thing, people. Like if a guy in the office took Taylor's side over another guy who sexually assaulted her even, not even talking about a promotion, say something like that. They know they were wrong, but all the guys will have a conversation and we can't trust that guy. He's not one of us. Y'all know what that means. It, it, every situation is different, but y'all know what that means. They yeah. will ostracize you for something like that. And, and so that's why it's so important for us to have, quote unquote, intermingling of privileges, because it's, it matters. A white woman has saved my life before from cops. Seriously. And if it was a black girl that jumped on the cop, she might have got shot right along with me. <laughs> like you would think, like, oh, white woman, I don't need you to save me. I'm a strong black man. Like, no, nah, thank you, white lady. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you, black lady or white lady. Yeah, yeah you rock. Oh my gosh. It's interesting because you talk about monopolies and powers and I, we're seeing it happen so much, right? Like what happens when you get greed and power, but at the same time, like capitalism is, I like money, Nico, and I want a fucking lot of it one but, day. Uh, you know what? I, but this, I don't, that's not, so people associate for whatever reason, and it could be because of the way that the society conveys it now. Right. I feel like we we've been given these words. Yes. And people have assigned emotions to these words. Yes. based off of the propaganda that America has placed on them because all of us, including myself, have been victims of propaganda. Every single fucking one of us, like everybody. That's how I, I mean, I was never a Democrat, but like I was, uh, well, first I was probably said I was a, a libertarian in high school, but like it's only because all debaters swear they know everything because they know the numbers and the statistics, but they've never really lived real life. So that's basically what being a libertarian is. So, <laughs> but then I became more of a leftist and it was because of things like I didn't think weed was that bad anymore. I did research on it. I stopped accepting what I was being told. And I did research on it. I, I um, you know, believed in universal health care because I started crunching the numbers. And I'm like, hold up, then some of this stuff isn't making sense. And also I have to take into account everything I learned about the pharmaceutical industry while I was figuring stuff out about weed because I just felt like things were off. Okay. That's where, and so now most of my beliefs that most people would think 
or would be classified as leftists, I just put them in a category of common sense because I don't base my opinions off of the emotions assigned to words. And I actually look at the the research. I actually look at the the the, the context. And I also accept what I know to be true instead of pretending that it's not true, like American being Americans being the most propagandized people in the world. Like, I don't accept that for being true. I go and verify. And when you have a country that can literally help neo-Nazis and everybody just perfectly fucking fine with it, like they're pretty damn good at propaganda the people. So I don't really trust anything that they say. If they believe in, quote unquote, their version of capitalism, then why does it look like the, the caricature of communism? Why is it illegal for some people to collect fucking rainwater? Why is my, is my phone being tapped like we're in a, a Russian movie with the KGB? Why is that like, and then why is it so normalized, right? Why is it that you have people like activists being dragged out of their home in 2022 because they're inconvenient to the federal government? Why do we have presidents, former presidents having their houses raided for no reason whatsoever? And it's just pretty cool. Just like, yeah, whatever, it's cool. Like, that is all the caricature of communism. That it, why is all the money leaving the poor people and going to the rich people? Please explain that to me. That's the go. caricature of communism. Nothing makes sense. And it literally is one big circus town. Exactly. And with We're that banana Republic. said, what bothers you? Because you'll listen to, this is why I said in the intro, you're so unique, which is crazy because I feel like the way that you think about things is how people say that about me too. They conflate and think that I am conservative because I am just like, don't back off and let me live my life. And let, don't yeah, tell me what to do, right? That's not a conservative thing. That's actually a liberal, that's exactly. a liberal mindset. Exactly. Speaking. People will say to me all the time, I feel like you have a lot of like classic, what liberal is classic supposed liberalism. to be in yeah. you. But with that said, right? Because we are in like such a topsy-turvy time, you'll hear like the Laura Ingrams and they'll be like the far left, the far left. And that to them is yeah, like what you call the annoying. latte liberals and the woke. But aren't you technically like, a far left, like what, like top, like once upon a time. So technically, what the, bugs so, you, Nico, about but, but, what oh gets under your so skin the, about the latte the fact, liberals? When liberals call latte liberals are those <laughs> latte liberals, who you, you know, latte liberal calling boutique leftists, um, <laughs> limousine yeah. liberals, those you know, the ones who got like ten thousand dollar ice cream in their refrigerator, mm -hmm. uh, somehow like worth one hundred fifty million dollars, but never had a real job in their lives. Those those liberals. Like they call themselves progressives. Right. And then they they say some of the rhetoric that we say, they pretend as if they're going to run on that. And they will weaponize our rhetoric only against Republicans, only to kind of bat down Republicans. Now, people, remember I said there's like emotions assigned to words, but people don't actually look at the, the context and the intentions behind the words. If you look at the patterns of behavior of these motherfuckers, it's clear, it's clear and obvious that there's like, no, they're lying. They're lying. But people, there's so much emotions wrapped up in these words. And there's also emotions wrapped up in the words that they're hearing from the other side. Whatever emotion makes them feel good, that's what they're going to gravitate towards. No matter what actions we've seen from them, they take advantage of the positive movements that swell up on the ground amongst leftists, the genuine intentions of actual right. leftists or independent leaning, uh, left leaning people. And then they weaponize it in the same way that you see people like uh, uh, Mitt Romney or one of like the rhinos from the right, like Ted Cruz, for example. He does the same thing. He pretends to be conservative. He pretends that he supports the troops. Then he votes for 1% raises instead of 10% raises for veterans. He votes against bolstering the economy and small businesses, even though they're supposed to be the small business party. He votes to screw over those who are actually in the middle class versus helping the wealthy. Like he does the opposite of everything that would be considered to be conservative, right? And that's, so that's non-unique. My problem is, is whenever I have really good friends that are also conservative, they hear the Fox, Fox News say these far leftists. Exactly. I'm like, they're literally to the right of the Republican party at this point. The Democratic party is, literally, they are. Like they're more pro FBI, they're more pro CIA. Like they're everything that the, the Black Panthers fought against, literally. And they're like those far leftists. And so at a certain point, it's got to accept words are meaningless. So does stuff. it bug you to be lumped in with the people who are out here? Like what we would call like woke, right? Which is like no end. gender defining this and that pronoun this. And you're like, oh my God, this is not what I'm about. And But they lump you in to your point with the far yeah. left. 
rhetoric, right? Yes. And that you're like, yes. that's not me. And I that's don't give two fucks about, we have real issues. Like, I don't give a fuck about your pronouns and your email signature. Yeah, right? I give a fuck about policies. I give a fuck about people. And I give a fuck about reality, like as it is, not as what you want it to be. And the reality is, uh, most of the people that they would describe, I guess, as far left or woke people, they're authoritarian. Uh, according to the, um, the, the spectrum of politics and political ideology, that is con considered to be on the right. That's right wing. They can label it whatever they want. But when you're telling me I have to accept something, I have to tell you, or I have to call you something, or I have to, like, I should, like, for example, I would yeah. never let my kid transition if they thought that they were transgender. If, they, if they're an adult, right. then they can make that decision for themselves. But, like, I wouldn't be okay with you having a conversation with my kid about sex at six years old. Why the hell would I think my kid is okay to determine whether or not he or she is or is not transgender? And it's just not that they're having identity issues because they might be gay instead, or they might be a lesbian instead, and they're seeing everything around them, and they're trying to reconcile that within themselves. Like, in most of these issues, you could probably resolve if you just talk to your fucking kids, which y'all don't want to do. Y'all want to just put a fucking iPad in front of their face and let YouTube talk to them. We ain't gonna talk about that right now, though. We ain't gonna talk about that. But, like, I would never let my kid do that. And people would call me a transphobe for that. And if you think that me making an autonomous decision for my kid in every other way is fine, but this decision, because it goes against your weird ideology, is a problem, then you're, all, you're inconsistent, one, and you're an authoritarian, two. Like, that's it's all that means. It, it doesn't matter what the issue. It's almost been like a flip-flop because you're right. Traditionally, that has been like the conservative uptight way. Like it has to be this way. And now, but the conservatives do their own version of it too. Like they're two sides of the same coin. Yes. But it is like completely, it's like this orthodoxy. And if you aren't, especially because you know, my background's in Hollywood, it's insanity. You know what's it's even insanity. crazier? It's it's once again, you I, I accept reality as what it is rather than what I want it to be. A lot of people have that talk about transgenderism um, seem to leave some pretty important details out that never get addressed. Like, why is it that every time we celebrate transgenderism or talk about transgenderism, it's because a man transitioned to a woman? Right. Nico, why are we a lot talking about when, when, when guys get tricked or for or made fun of? for sleeping with somebody who's transgender, why is it always when a guy sleeps with a woman? Why is it always weaponized if a guy has a preference not to sleep with a transgender woman? Right. But it's never, ever discussed when women sleep with a transgender man because nobody fucking cares. Maybe it's because a lot of women haven't realized yet, at least on the, on the liberal side, that maybe guys literally who hate women, a lot of them do, unfortunately, but it's reality. Like, a lot of guys hate women. A lot of guys, like I just said, hate real, true competition. They just want to be celebrated for winning. A lot of guys think that women have it easier. They believe that, truly. And they do know that they would have an inherent advantage physically if they did convert and they get the added bonus of playing victim, which we know a lot of cisgendered men love to do. Maybe uh, men are just using another avenue to take over women and to oppress women. And nobody ever considers that because that's Nico, why I've the heard, other way around isn't discussed. I've heard commentators say the guys just, they to your in the same vein of what you're saying like they just want to compete ag and against the women so they're going to turn into one and beat them in their own competition to say yeah. that they can win you're sounding like a conservative nico no that's just reality like I, no i would say that I, that's actually i guess quote unquote feminist i guess like whatever the actual i guess original definition of feminism is supposed to be i i i know what oppression looks like because i'm a black man i don't ignore it's i've seen this all the time right i watch uh uh what's that He's not an asshole. I shouldn't call him that. He's actually Macklemore. I watched Macklemore get an award over both Drake and Kendrick Lamar. And even Macklemore himself knew. He said, yo, I shouldn't have won this award. I don't know how I got it. But he also knew why he got it. Right? Why? Because he was a white dude and they were looking for their great white hope. They've been looking. I mean, that's why g -Eazy got promoted to the degree he was. What like, about Eminem? Eminem was a unique experience. Because Eminem was, at the time, the closest thing uh, the, the the white guy who had the closest background economically, like um, his neighborhood, whatever, to the right. average rapper. So right. he could rap about a lot of the things that they were rapping about and it wouldn't be taken weird. Like G-Eazy and Jack Harlow and Macklemore, their biggest problem in life is wanting to be accepted as a white rapper. That's it. That's like not really all that inspiring. Okay, but, but how do you discern 
I talk about this often and I think about this often, especially since we're talking about like award shows and categories and winning and this and that, like mm -hmm. how, first of all, nobody, I always say this, like nobody wants to be a quota. And how yes, do you discern someone shit. deserving to actually win something or be recognized Patterns. or be awarded versus like as a default, like we're going to give Patterns. this woman this or we're right. Patterns. It's, it's, it's literally, you know, it has to happen. It can't, I know it sometimes the first time it happens, you want to be like, this is, you know, rigged or whatever, but you can't do it that time. You just literally don't know. Cause there's a lot of circumstances you have to consider. Um, but when you watch something happen again and again and again, like I remember when Sam Harris, although he is extremely talented boy, won an award out of nowhere. No one else not knew, knew his song at the time. Now he blew up though after that. Why? Because somebody put a lot of money behind that machine that pushed Sam Harris that, you know, because they knew he was talented. They knew once people knew who he was, because that's how it usually works, right? When people know who you are, then all of a sudden you're celebrated. And they use a lot of these award shows to push the, the next big thing. And oftentimes, at least in the rap world, um, you'll see people who are like, there's not that. I mean, I know a lot of talented white rappers, though, but they're not like, and they're better than like a Jack Holler or a G Easy, but they never get the actual love because they do have a background very similar to Eminem instead. They do have a background very similar to Eminem. But don't you think that this climate, I remember when everything like shit hit the fan, when all of this like, woke quote unquote brigade first started and they started like doing all this politically correct shit in Hollywood. Maybe it was like the Oscar something. And I remember mm -hmm. every other winner, it was like a woman, an Indian woman, a black guy. And you yeah, can't remember. But think to yourself, okay, well, like they've made I hate, it. To I now. don't like that shit either, though. Right. But, they've made right. it to now where we second guess at everything. And that, I guess, is my point. It's like, well, what's yeah. talent and who deserved it and who worked their ass off and who is just given like the participation? The trophy, funniest part right? about that is, you know, if the, you, I'm sure you already aware if the academy was as diverse as it should be, then you wouldn't have to, it wouldn't be having, we wouldn't have this much, this many issues trying to discern who is the most talented and who isn't. <laughs> That's part of it, right? Like, there, a lot of these people are probably not even qualified to be judging who had the best hip-hop album. <laughs> First of all, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Like, and you have, I mean, they're, they're just, but in this particular case, though, my point was that I, I, I see people will take everything associated with being Black or Black American specifically, and they will literally just repackage it because they know they, if, oh, but I'm doing this and I'm a white guy. So people will make sure that I'm successful at it. And that's what happens. Like that's the same thing as what you see. You, I, I, I call it transracial is actually what I call it. You know, people want to be transracial because <laughs> Black culture is extremely popular. Black culture is pop culture in, in a lot of ways. So when you see, like, and if you're a weird, sick, twisted man who is insecure and you don't love yourself and you blame other people and scapegoat other people for your problems, uh, you're one of those guys who think black people call all your problems or Mexicans call all your problems, then you probably look at a woman and say, look at how she's getting treated, though. People open the door for her. People think she's beautiful. She got, she might probably got this job because some other fucking dude in the office told her she only got it because she's a woman. Like, that's how this shit might as well become a woman. If uh, Eminem can become a successful rapper, I can definitely become an all- American track running woman for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I wonder if this whole, because the whole, what you're saying about there are a lot of men out there who resent women, like misogynists, right? Mm -hmm. It feels so foreign to me because I've never experienced it. And I've been mm -hmm. lucky enough to be around really great men, both personally, That's a professionally. Blessing, what? It's really a blessing. That's a blessing. My mom I, it's just did not have that experience at all. And there's part of me that thinks like, is this whole from women like shoving down our down people's throats? Like we're suppressed and da, 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 da. like, does it cause that is a part of what causes that resentment that you speak of? I think right? that could be, well, no. Cause I think that there's just always been a thing about where, where like, there's some men who have mommy issues, which we actually talked about, right? Oh, we're going <laughs> to talk about that Hooters. Yeah. But they have mommy issues. They don't like their mom. And in the same way, you have like man eaters who did not like, you know, women who didn't like their dad because of a fucked up relationship. Like, mm -hmm. and they just really just go on the men's life and destroy them and walk away. You have the same thing with, uh, but like, we, if you don't, usually if you don't have a good relationship with your mom, you do not know how to even pretend to like have a good relationship with a woman. You just, you don't have the capability. It's weird. Like, even if you had like a decent relationship with your mom, you would probably have an advantage most times. Like, cause most women, you know, it's just a power dynamic issue. 
where men usually have the advantage in most, at least it used to be like that, I guess. I'm not sure quite anymore, but it used to be like that. Now, if you don't have any relationship with your mom whatsoever, or even worse, you hate your mom, anyone who reminds you of her, which is usually the type of people we marry, you're going to hate. And so therefore you start projecting uh, that into all other aspects of your life. Um, and I do believe that there is a level of men getting disproportionately blamed for a lot of problems in people's life. There's, there needs to be accountability on all parts. I always talk about like, so most people don't know, and most guys probably don't know this, but almost like, I want to say like 96% of women have been sexually assaulted. Like a lot, most of them before they were 15, right? You don't know what kind of what kind of trauma that will cause somebody. And the older they were when they were sexually assaulted, the more like impactful that trauma is likely going to be. And that is going to cause them to make decisions for a plethora of reasons that are actually not aligned with their best interests. And they don't even know they're doing it most of the time. Now, on that side of the fence, if you're a man who is adding to that, then you probably deserve what you got. But the, the excuse usually is, well, she's acting crazy. No one ever actually says, well, why is she, why is she acting like that? Because this is not rational. And there's almost always a reason. And so and women in return who know that they, you know, not all know, you know, because obviously the repression sometimes, but a lot of them do know what they've been through. They know how it affects them. They don't say this, well, you know, I am acting pretty wild. Let me try to understand why he thought that maybe cheating or looking for emotional attention somewhere else was the best course of action so we can figure this out together. Everybody has these weird assumptions about each other's intentions, not realizing that neither of them are intending to hurt one another, but they both have their trauma, their unique experiences. They were raised the wrong way, et cetera, et cetera. And they never find out because they never ask. And if most people just ask in the way you, and, and you know how, why you would think to ask because you're holding yourself accountable. That's why you would think to ask. And most people don't. Okay, with that being said, and before we pivot to Kanye, and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm trying not to be too loud because if he hears me, and like I said, if he knows I'm a Jew, he will come and eradicate my Zoom stream. <laughs> but <laughs> the whole idea of masculinity and mm -hmm. our generation losing their grip on masculinity is something that I address a lot. It's yeah. what I used to address in Hollywood a lot. And I'm not just talking, Nico changing attire, you know, things like that. Yes. But I'm also talking about what you're saying, like just being a fucking stand up guy, mm -hmm. communicator, strong, um, you know, emotionally supportive. Well, you know, all these things, right. We'll have your back and secure like a good solid guy. And it seems like now that's the politically incorrect thing to say because people are like, oh, that's toxic weird. masculinity. And they conflate that. But also, look well, something at is toxically masculine by, by like it. logic. Logic would tell you that masculinity is actually in and of itself positive, right? Because if it's if you have to put a qualifier that something is toxic, that means otherwise it's not toxic. That's right? a good point. And I'm not <laughs> I was saying, right? Well, well, when you even talk about like there are guys out there who, you know, put women down and, and, and I get that, right. Or even law. That's not masculine. Like, oh, this, okay, that's what's that's, funny. That's shit. And that's a whole separate thing, but I'm talking again about so, really so here's, nurturing I men. And, and why is that though? Like people talk, I've talked about it on my show. Okay. Like less men going to college, enrolling in the army, which by the way, thank you for your service. I didn't realize until you um, said you were in the military earlier, right? Oh, yeah. Getting good jobs, getting out of their mom's basements. Are they being coddled and babied and feminized? Like what the fuck's going on? Well, no. So like I, so first of all, I was raised by my mom, right? And for all intents and purposes, my grandma and all it gave, I, I would say like, I pro I'm more comfortable being myself because I would probably consider myself to be non-binary, I guess. is I didn't ever call myself anything before, but I guess that's a thing you're supposed to do now. <laughs> but the way I process basically is I can see things from my perspective as a man and also perspective as a woman. But also because my mom had a lot of masculine traits, positive masculine traits, I know when I need to step in and protect somebody. Like it's it's clearly evident to me. It's But it, it also especially is true when it comes to a woman because my mom would say things like, don't ever let a woman like don't ever let somebody do to a woman what you wouldn't let do, be done to me. And I know exactly what she meant. But also, most guys don't think about that stuff. Sometimes right. most, well, I'll say some guys, a lot of guys don't think about that type of stuff. But all the masculine traits that I have that women would like about me came from what I learned from my mom. It's just that my mom and my mom was very, very actually she, she made it a point 
to be more like a father to us than a mother to us, which if you maybe initially looked at me, you would never think that. But you also never crossed me. You never crossed anybody I love. You maybe never talked to anybody I love because they would tell you that, especially me and my brother, we take care of all of our family uh, in any way that we need to. And we take care. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of what we're known for. And out, those are all positive, positively masculine traits, being a protector, taking care, handling your business, being loyal and supportive, even and accepting, even because because we're not we're not scared of anything. Right. And I guess like being a coward is not very masculine. And we're not a coward. You can face a lot of things. You can and you you can and you can be the protector and the defender that you should be. Mm -hmm. be needing a protector does not mean you're a lesser. It probably means that you also have a role even in that protector's life, which is why they feel the need to protect whatever is precious to them. Like if 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 I had a girlfriend who's short, for example, yes, I'm probably going to have to 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 make it very clear to people that yeah, I'm I'm a protector. I'm six one. I'm two hundred and fifteen pounds, and I'm a pretty big guy. So like yes, usually, yeah, people. I don't have to say repeat myself generally. At first, the the girl might think it's a it's a problem. Like, oh, I don't need your protection. It's like, I know you don't need it necessarily, but I want to protect you because you offer me emotional support when this person, mm -hmm. you know, when no one else does. You're here for me. You cook for me. Whenever I'm stressing you and anxious about all the things that men often stress about, which is usually the, 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 the um, like the things that society puts on us because of this, you know, this, the stereotypes of what men are supposed to handle and how they're supposed to deal with it and vice versa. Like you are the one helping me through all that and protecting me from myself in a lot of ways. So whenever we get to go out in the club and the one thing you want to do is have fun without being bothered, you goddamn right I'm going to protect that. Absolutely. Because that, I have the power in, to, to protect that. Like you have the emotional power and intelligence to protect me from myself. It's like it's, the it's yin giving, and the yang. It's give and take. The yin and the yang. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is, as a woman who is so independent and self-sufficient, there is, there's something about what you're talking about. Those typical gender roles that our society wants to get us away from. Like when I feel taken care of, I'm not talking about diamonds, this bullshit that I'm not even a jewelry girl. Right. But like little things of what you're talking about of being taken care of. It is the hottest thing ever because yeah. you're like, someone has my back and women like feeling, you know, yeah, we got enough and going depending on, on so what they've like been be through. They may of. have gone through a period in their life where they literally, they, when they needed that person, to have their back at that most important time, because you you know, with a woman, you'd never know what have happened to them. Like the moment that they get a guy who is like that, it's like that that woman's likely going to be loyal to you for the rest of your life. I mean, to be real, I mean, I'm not speaking from personal experience here, but even in their next relationship, they're going to be loyal to you. Is what I'm telling you. If you do your job, but that once again extends beyond. Like you have to figure out also because we talk about the things that are associated with. Um, what they call what they only talk about toxic masculinity and we have stereotypical masculine traits you also have to be able to siphon through all that and know like you need to also be proactive in what your wife wants or your girlfriend or your significant other wants that is also that's a very very masculine trait because that's another way to protect her like if if my girl like my ex right i knew i literally knew after we party because i know i know her i knew her very well got my ass up at 7 a.m right okay went to the liquor store to get some vodka went to the grocery store to get some uh some uh bloody mary mix uh and i got all her seasoning i don't drink bloody mary but i learned how to make them why because i know her okay before she oh and i got some i got some shrimp no i got i got taco stuff and i made tacos for her this is the we're at my brother's engagement party the next morning and there's a bunch of people in the house but i got up early because i knew that there's gonna be a bunch of people in the house and i literally before she woke up at like nine o'clock she came downstairs and her Bloody Mary is ready because I knew she was going to be hungover. Her tacos are ready because I know that's what she wanted. Yeah. She wants that every time we drink. And everybody in the house is like, what the? F Bro, what? How did and the girls are like, hold up. How did you know she wanted that? Because I know her. She's like, because she was literally she's like, that's exactly what I wanted. How did you know? Because it's, I know that if you don't have this, this is going to be a problem later. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> You're going to have a headache. I'm going to have to feel it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to be the one to feel it. Everybody's going to be irritated. You're going to be irritated. You're going to be mad at yourself later for letting yourself get to that point. I have to protect you from yourself. I have the ability. I, I can walk around by myself in a place I don't know because I'm a man. I don't mind. I don't mind that. It doesn't bother me. For her though, she if she was trying to do that in reverse, she probably would second guess. And I would tell her don't do it because I'm still trying to protect her. 
But that's that is the way you have to learn your your partner and figure out all of the different ways you can protect them and nurture them. Because it isn't just they don't all just fall into the category of stereotypical masculinity or femininity. You know, like you have to figure that out yourself. And it makes you want to do more for the other person. Like, but it goes both ways. And so all I have to say is not all heroes wear capes, but they wear eclectic button down shirts (laughs) like like Nico. Um, With that said, and I'm going to wrap us soon. I'm not like rushing. I don't have, I'm not okay. A conversation that came out of the whole Will Smith, Jada Pinkett thing, who Mm -hmm. I've met Jada and basically sat on her lap. Like she's lovely was the idea of toxic masculinity on his end. Like him slapping, like I'm all for a guy, of course, like I laid out with duty and honor and who will protect you. But the slap to me was like a baby bitch move to me. Mm -hmm. That is like toxic, but it also started the conversation of toxic femininity on her yeah. end of being yes. like yeah right so because she definitely signaled all it. around toxic that's sick she definitely signaled that like she said i i know I've, I've i've been in that i've not been in that exact situation but i know the look i know the this guy has pissed me off and i'm not i'm not gonna tell you to handle it but in life we make choices <laughs> and our choices have consequences so in other words okay i'm gonna go handle it babe i'm gonna go take care of this right now that's what happened but Jada should never, and, and, and with everything that's, I feel like, I feel like Will is a victim of his relationship. The reason it is open, everybody thinks Will taking advantage of a situation. No, Jada is so crazy and she is so fully aware of it that she has to let Will do, do what he wants when he's not with her. Because that's the only way he'll put up with her. That's the only way he'll do it. I know, I've seen it. I, I told I people it. before, even Tom Brady. I'm like, y'all do know that Giselle is the toxic one in this relationship. Y'all think Why? it's Tom because Why? of who we know Tom in is in the present day y'all forgot giselle the supermodel multi worth hundreds of millions of dollars at the time found this little quirky kid who no one ever thought would be this guy and she's the only one who believed in him his that woman had her wrapped around his finger and the only escape he had was football because he he probably was thinking the whole time i should just be appreciative i should just be appreciative i should have never had her and he probably just got tired of putting up with it like just got tired of it if yeah. I, there was a day where I had Tom Brady wrapped around my finger, I would retire at life and be like, done, bitch. Yeah, Mission but, accomplished. But Boss I feel like moves. she was beginning to think he was his confidence was becoming real. Like and, and part of that was his transition to Tampa, because ironically, why do people think he was able to put up with Bill Bel- Belichick, the curmudgeon who never showed him any appreciation, who only ever attacked him that like. Literally, that's what he was known for. Always underpaid him. Hard always undervalued him. Mm-hmm. Never gave him appropriate credit. But he's like, that's just how. And But somehow they Hard would ass. get Tom to convince him. That's just how he is, guys. He has to attack me, guys, because otherwise you guys might think you can't be held accountable. He rationalized it. But no, he was used to it because that's how it was at home. This was his life. Then the moment he moves to Tampa, we hear Tom and his wife aren't getting along well. Oh, you know, she thinks that he's like not putting enough attention to the kids. She's all of a sudden, she's, you know, she's kind of supportive, but she, every time Tom would talk about the retirement for the last five years or six years now in an interview, because, you know, my wife supports me. I really appreciate it. My wife supports me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I just, I'm, you know, I'm just so thankful for my wife. She's like, bro, like, who are you trying to convince? We assume that she supported you. Nobody else says that. Every time would say convince? it the first time, my wife and kids, you know, they do a lot, appreciate it, and you move on. We just assume that's trying to be true the eighth time you talk about it in two years. No, that's not what it is. Every single retirement interview. It, to the point where it's a joke in the media. You're we like, we're your about to is. see Tom Brady 2.0 free of Billy Boy and Giselle just Yeah, uh, he might come back fly. again and light the league up because he's going to be <laughs> stress-free for the first time. <laughs> okay, well, I will. I would happily, I will take any of his baggage or issues. And last note on this, is the reason you talk about guys kind of owning their shit and the difference mm-hmm. between like women having to own their shit with mommy and daddy issues is the, the story we teased that before is how a Hooters, a pregnant Hooters waitress said she made two times more in tips than her, her, you know, colleagues. And Nico was like, he DMs me. He's like, yep, sounds about right. Bobby issues are alive and well. So it ties into what you said earlier about. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it makes sense though. Like, 
And it also kind of speaks to the, the conversation about masculinity. Like there is something within men that makes them feel like they have to take care of somebody who they feel needs to be taken care of. They understand everything that comes with having a, a, a baby. They know if you're working here, you probably need to work here. Like if you're still yeah. working with as much as she was showing, probably need to work there. Like, Some, and, their, yeah. and their intention, it could be they like having sex with pregnant women. That's probably a thing too. Like I'm sure it is actually, I'm 100% positive because I already know guys were like that. But there's also like the, the tips. It, it could just be, oh man, I know what you're about to go through. This is my way True. of contributing in, in in mitigating some of that circumstance in my own little special way. And if anything, it's kind of sweet. It, it lets you know, like True. viscerally speaking, men do have a default of wanting to take care of people. It doesn't always look right because trauma, you know, you got to get therapy. Also to look kind of fucked up actually at times. Chivalry Think exists of even in Hooters. Yeah, chivalry think of Thanos. is alive if, if, and if you well don't go to Hooters. therapy you can hear things like oh man the world's about to like you know extend or expend all of its resources so let me like destroy half of it like if you go to therapy you say oh shit i have all the power in the universe why don't i just double the resources that is what going to therapy would do for you because that's not what thanos did thanos destroyed half the universe and now the whole world's traumatized that's what you do that's why you gotta <laughs> I, go to therapy i feel for men because a lot of the times when people blame i hate buzzwords like I said, like toxic masculinity, but they blame it on men having to keep everything inside and acting aggressively. But then, so I feel for them in that way. But on we the do other have to end keep of it, it if, but you the, but like love, love blubbering, if you guys are a blubbering mess who can't hold your shit together, I'm like, there's like, it's exactly. a line. It's a exactly. Line. There is a, and, and what's, what's even crazier, of course, is like if a man has a, a complaint or his observation about a woman being very emotional, which women will tell you themselves they're being emotional and they're super emotional but if you're a guy who reminds her of that like your significant other for example it immediately it immediately becomes a problem but on the reverse it's like why would i feel like i don't care i'm at the point in my life where if you can't accept who i am with my emotion or my logic or whatever and you don't want to take care of me and say, then i just don't need to be with you i just will cut you off i don't really care i don't mind being alone <laughs> okay but why would i open myself up as a man Whenever every experience that I've likely had up to this point, there's very rarely a woman who ever asked me how I'm feeling about anything. And if they do, Aww. it's usually just to ask them. Nico, they, I they want me to say nothing because they know society has conditioned me to say I'm fine. So Aww. I'm like, well, how are you? Then they start talking about everything going on with them, which is the real reason they ask. Why would, and then if I do right. tell you, try, if I try to tell you about something I'm dealing with or try to tell you about something I go through, a lot of the times you you are scared of it. Because now it's like, damn, that I have to deal with true. my emotions and now I have to no, deal with his truth. But that's there is an true. expectation mm -hmm. of me to deal with your emotions. And if I don't, I'm an asshole. That's true. There's something really hot, like I said, about a guy who is like emotionally in tune and is not a caveman and will hear you out and will like have your back and have the empathy to be like, I understand it. I relate. And here's how, but there is, it, it, it's that like bravado tough guy who can protect you thing there. I will, I won't lie. There's truth in that. Like when guys are super vulnerable, but you can us do as both. women are like, all of a sudden we're like, Oh fuck. Like you, you what can do, we do, do both. You can do both. And I know it's possible yeah. because I, my brother is exactly like that. I am like that. And it could be because of the unique way we were raised, but I would partially give credit to therapy and we are very, very self-reflective. Right. Um, and my mom did raise us to not like just put ourselves into a category, just like do the right thing. Yeah. And I and anybody who who's known who knows me and who has known me, they know that like they they will like coming out with me and my brother because there's literally no fear whatsoever if everything's gonna be okay. So they know like if there's a problem, Nico and Quinn will absolutely handle it. They know that. Yeah. And they you know how we know if there's a problem? Hey, what's going on? We I see that you're like you were happy five seconds ago, and now you're like kind of you're not mad, or you look like you're just trying to pretend like you're having a good time. Is somebody bothering you? Like, which you have to ask those type of questions, and you could argue that that's that is our femininity that we got from our mom. That's Shout why out we to your mom. Yeah, no, my mom's amazing. She's she, you know. Shout she's, out she's, to your mom raising good boys. Um, okay, lastly. So we've established the latte liberals, like they got to mm -hmm. go. They're ruining, like, seriously, like ruining the vibe, <laughs> ruining the mood. Beyonce copied Rihanna. <laughs> and yeah. last thing without getting to, because this is like so messy and so like continues to unfold. Mm -hmm. The whole, here's how I'm going to kind of like toss it to you, right? Like the whole Kanye West thing, there's a whole debate. Is he anti-Semitic? Now you're black, 
I'm a mm -hmm. Jew. Like Chris Cuomo interviewed him today. And basically Kanye West is saying how, like he calls out like the Jewish mafia for running the media. And he's like, it's basically like a new form of slavery because these mm -hmm. like white Jewish dudes are controlling like all these black artists, et cetera. Right. So again, there's okay. all these dialogues, everyone having an opinion. Now, my question though, for you, Nico is, is there, and I'm like digesting it all. So I don't have a stance on like it is, or it isn't, or it's this, or it's that, right? It <laughs> unfolds. However, is there something underneath like going on between black people and Jews that this sort of stems there's, from there's and, and reflects, right? So I wouldn't say that there's actually like some inherent beef between black people and Jews, because actually like if anybody knows like Israelis, for example, most of them actually like, they kind of prefer black people um, speaking from personal experience. Um, you know, I, but the question I would say now, if there, is there something to what Kanye is saying that will warrant such what most, what, what people would perceive as a broad generalization. So I would ask this, how many black Jewish owners are there of like major networks or of major banks in America? It's not like there's not a lot of black Jews. There's a shitload of them. There's a lot of them. And they're they're from Africa. And if, if anything, the black people from Africa, if they're black and from Africa, they usually own something the moment they come to the States. This is just a fact. So, but there, I don't, there's no like Ethiopian Jewish owners of any of these major networks. It's not about, than being Jewish at all, actually. It's a classification, I guess. But what he is actually saying is the network that <clears throat> being a white Jew specifically has allowed them to build versus a black Jew or a black person or a Latino person or even a Jewish woman to some degree. Like that, that is, there is a class and it's because of a network that is because of their background, their ethnic background. It is not saying that they are this because of them being Jewish. It's saying this is what this has allowed for them. Now, because the Jewish people and Black people actually had a lot of the same economic practices, which is why all the Black banks were the ones that survived the Great Depression. And unfortunately, FDR's racist ass made them shut down so that JP Morgan and them could catch back up to them. But we were very frugal with our money. We built, like, you don't get Black Wall Street without the understanding of how important it is to spend your money in your own community. The difference was white Jewish people specifically were allowed to continue that practice, whereas black people were then separated. Now that wasn't their fault though. That was the government's fault. FDR isn't Jewish, right? Like they, those people are not Jewish. They're either Protestant or in the case of JFK is Catholic. Like that is, that, that is not their fault. But the reason that they were allowed to thrive is because those white men look the same as those Catholic white men. And that's what it's really about. So it's the, basically the, situational. It's not like because I'm black or because I'm Jewish or because I'm this, well, I'm so it, going so it's to because I am black, so act this way. Or so it is. So it, it it isn't. It isn't. So it's it is because. So like for example, I said we had the exact same practices almost to a T because blacks and Jews were actually very close. Like, like that's how Bernie ended up in the in the civil rights movement because you know a lot of them lived in Brooklyn and you know black people were also in Brooklyn. So <laughs> it's kind of like it was just like a thing for real. And it's, it was like that. And actually, a lot of communities in the major cities, Black people live in close proximity to Jewish people. So they had a lot of the same practices. The difference was, is that the, because we were Black, those pro practices were deemed problematic, literally, in legislation. Our credit even began to suffer, literally, because of us being Black and then living in a Black-dominated area. It's called the Metro Credit Score, is what they call it, literally. The Jewish community still using the same practices that we both engaged in, were able to thrive to the degree that we knew was possible because we were doing it and that's why we were getting punished for it. So what he is saying is there are some people within that Jewish community then, usually it's a guy because that's how it works, and usually they're white because that's usually how it works too because like I said, isn't an African Jew that's, that he's talking about clearly. They were able to wep, take advantage of the fact of the culture that got them to where they're at. They were to take advantage of the fact that they were white. And they did not get hindered like the black people who are also engaging in the same practices. And then finally, of course, being a man, we are, they already have their little code to protect each other. And that is grander to a large degree than any of the other sub demographics, because you know how that goes. So they were able to take advantage of something and then simultaneously keep people out that people who were engaging in the same practices couldn't do because the government actively worked against them to make sure they could not do so. That is what he's referring to. 
Like, I don't think Kai is a really bad orator. It's weird because when you hear him on a song, you're like, bro, how the hell is this the same person? He's so well yeah. thought out. He thought this song out all the way through. He actually sounds like he's self-reflected. Then he gets a microphone. <sighs> but not the kind that's in the studio. The moment you take the studio away, it's like he does, he just forgets how to talk. I don't, I actually don't put a lot of stock into <laughs> the literal, uh, the little things that come out of Kanye's mouth. I try okay. to watch several interviews to right. understand what he's actually trying to say because sometimes he does go back and thinks of, and he thinks about it. He's like, oh shit, I can see how that sounded bad. Let me clarify. And he and so, but that that part is to some degree true. And I mean, I've experienced it in, in my industry. So I know what he's talking about. Not just me not being part of the club, not even being discriminated against sure. necessarily, but me not being part of the club ending up uh, with me being denied opportunities or never being given yeah. opportunities. And, so. and I'll leave it at this. I mean, I, and I feel like a lot of people, again, common sense have said, you know, is in the way that he communicates, is it inflammatory and insensitive? Yes. But also, is there truth about the underlying thing of what he's trying to say? To your point, his experience also true, right? Like two things can be true at the same time. But I will say this, regardless of how I feel about it. I don't know if you heard this, Nico, but he did a three hour podcast with all this, right? And the people who hosted the podcast took it down after the fact, like virtually a, a, a version of book burning, um, because crazy. they were like, we regret it. We, you know, take it back, da, da, da. And that to me How, You ain't regret it while you're waiting like, for the hour and a half for it to upload to YouTube. And then you press post. After you ridiculous. That is something, I don't care if it's like foul. <clears throat> we have the first amendment for a reason and let's hear it. And yeah, let's because have like, what if you had a legitimate problem with it? What if you right? had a legitimate problem with it? And now you can't properly critique it. Maybe he did say something that was extremely offensive and needed to be clarified. And now he's going to go say that somewhere else in, in private, maybe. Uh, and, and, and you, cause that's how bad ideology spreads, right? That's how you get Nazism is, is you can, you was not allowed to be said. I mean, hell America had a hand in helping not, well, I mean, more than a hand, but just for simplicity's sake, let's like, they had a hand in creating Nazism by silencing every time there was a outrage about something Hitler was doing in the States. They saw people in the States. Uh, and the reason why was because they did America didn't want the world to know that Germany was kind of taking advantage of the fact that our corporations are greedy because GM and Ford were rebuilding his army in the background and GM and Ford were the ones who were paying and GE were the ones paying the politicians off. But that silence allowed for Nazism to spread. I want to know if you're a fucking Nazi, bitch. Period. I need to fuck you up. Thank you. That's how I feel. Hello. I was I live. Yes. And I was watching. So I live in the South for the first time. I grew up in the tri-state area, an hour outside of New York City, then in LA, then Miami area. Right. So again, like kind of concepts we talked about today, some things are a little foreign to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like people who are back. And I saw a live stream on this topic. And one of the comments was something like Hitler was right. Now, as a Jew, I want to see that shit to your point, to know that it exists, to yeah, not be ignorant and to see that it's out there. And then yes, fuck this person up for their small dick and small brain. Um, yeah. pee brain, I don't right? want to, I don't want to have to guess no. how you move around. Like what if that person, like maybe, uh, somebody who was supporting Kanye, who's very important or very powerful, who may have been Jewish. Like they don't see that interview and he, and they think that he's being genuine. Maybe he said something that was just completely and totally wrong. You need to separate yourself because maybe the interview drops later and it's going to harm you for supporting him. Like you, you could have stopped that person from backing Kanye any, in any meaningful way so if true. there was something problematic. Like that's the shit that people don't think about reverberating impact. So true. Not everything is about instant gratification and oh man, let me take this down because I was getting a bunch of bad comments. First of all, if you're on YouTube, then you already know. Good, bad interactions are interactions, bro. Like you get famous He's like, for no press bad. is bad press. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell you now. I'm trying to tell you. Now, well, it depends on what, like I'll say that there is bad press if you try to do what I do, which is like I try to like educate people and then people will lie because uh, everything in politics, I guess, well, life in general. But I'm in politics usually and it's, yeah. it's a competition. And God forbid, like this super young black dude is like more knowledgeable than these older, like dumbass white dudes and who are, you know, left leaning. They that 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 type of stuff. Air quotes. Yeah, left leaning. Even though we supposedly agree on all the same things, but I'm always a liar. And I'm uh, somebody actually called me a neo Nazi for being friends with uh, Jack Pozobic. Uh Then that same person started a show with a conservative, who's probably to the right of Jack actually on most issues, which is funny as shit. Like because he was never actually trying to see how it works. 
Yeah. Well, no, he was never actually trying to, he didn't have a problem with anything I was saying. He had a problem that I was successful and he was trying to occupy my space. And he can't do that with having more knowledge than me about any given topic in politics because he's no way. So he has to do the opposite. He has to reduce me. So where he is at looks like it's higher, even though it's not. Yeah. Well, Nico, I will leave you with this because you're out there doing what you got to do, saying what you got to say, go ahead and get after Nancy Pelosi's $200 million fortune and put that money to good use. (laughs) This lady Um, and Nico house bringing down the house. And I will tell you this, this will not be a virtual book burning. This shit's going to go up in all of its glory. Okay. Because we actually, yes. uh, Put it out there. So Nico, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me on. What an absolute pleasure. And where can everybody find you? I'm on uh, Instagram at, at real Nico house. It's Nico. Nico's put N-I-K-O. So don't put C or you won't be able to find me. There's thousands and hundreds of millions of C's. My name is Nico. N-I-K-O, just Nike. Replace the E with the O. You're good. Real Nico house. Real Nico house on Twitter. Um, Facebook, I guess, if you use that. And I'm on TikTok. Real Nico house. Nico with a K. Oh, and Rockfin, right, of course. Too. Rockfin and YouTube. And Rockfin. Uh, yeah, I'm actually starting a podcast soon. Uh, it's the Florida People podcast. Uh, I'm in the process of a big move, which you already are aware of. So uh, I'm waiting to finish that up. But yeah, um, it's going to be more long form because um, I'm like, oh, I feel like we're all at the point where we all kind of know like politicians are full of shit. So is what it is. Now we got to talk about how we got here. Um, you know, still talk about politics, but kind of give background information on like why we're even putting up with this and start digging into yeah. mental health more and how society yeah. gets manipulated and 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 how uh, these woke people quote unquote woke people try to weaponize and there's there is left wing woke and there's also right wing white right wing woke one of the the very first topic of my podcast is going to probably break a lot of people's hearts because it's going to be about how America and China have been actually working together this entire time to, as good cop and bad cop uh to pretend as if they're enemies because that gives America a reason to constantly engage in other with other countries and it gives China the ability to then go behind other people's back and be like, hey man, you better work with us. Because otherwise, look who's around the corner, bro. If we're here, they won't mess with you, maybe. Who knows? And yeah. Cliffhanger. Nico, mm-hmm. for the people, all I have to say is between me and between you, Joe Rogan, look the fuck out, sweetheart. You've, you've had your time <laughs> in the sun. You have had your time in the sun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll invite I you on my show. I definitely podcast, invite you on. Nico. What's that? I said, I told, I said, I'll, I'll still invite him on, you know. I do <laughs> You're him like, I'll throw him a courtesy invite. invite. Help promote uh, him, you know, give him some marketing. He's <laughs> <laughs> done so much for the culture, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Nico, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you.